0: This is a News Laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta.
1: Namaskar, good evening, afternoon, morning, good night, wherever you are listening to us from, whichever part of the world. This is News Laundry Hafta. I'm Abhinandan Sekhri. Angres apna lagan or News Laundry apna hafta. Kabhi night shorte. Welcome to this week's Hafta. Before I tell you that the public pays, the public is served while aligned, let me introduce the panel to you. We have Manisha Pandey. Hello. Our in-house reporter, journalist, editor. Our editor-in-chief, Madhu Trehan. Hi. Anand, our opinion writer. Hello. Brilliant as always. And I have some cricket-related questions for him today because I have no interest in cricket, I wonder. And our guest today is... A journalist with more than 17 years of experience in the broadcast and print media, Sunetra Chaudhary anchors the popular news show Reality Check on NDTV 24-7. She's a political editor at NDTV, contributing editor at Elle magazine. Is that right? That's a fashion magazine, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, so you, you do the whole politics and fashion. Okay, so maybe I'll ask you who's the most fashionable politician.
0: I'm supposed to bring the political part of the coverage into it. Oh, I,
1: but this time we'll try to get fashion into politics. Let's okay. see how that works. All right, then. She's the author behind bars, which we actually interviewed you on, uh, which I've read. In fact, I can plug your book here again. Very interesting. Uh, especially a special story about that, um, uh, the dude, uh, the, the Bentley driving dude's wife. What's his name?
0: Uh, Abhinav, uh, Abhi, Abhishek, Abhishek, Abhishek
1: Verma. Verma, yeah. And his wife. Yeah. And uh, before joining TV, she was Deputy Chief Reporter at the Indian Express. Welcome, Sunetra Chaudhary. Thank you. Um, I will... And we also have three emails from subscribers. And as you know, now we read emails only from subscribers. All you Mufat Khors, you can send them. I'll read them. And cause some of you give very good ideas, but I will not read them on the Hafta. That is only for subscribers. That airtime. Because when the public pays, the public is served. And when advertisers pay, advertisers are served as the Cobra post stink proved. So, do subscribe, help keep media free and independent. If you don't like us, subscribe to whoever you want. But unless you guys pay, the dependence on advertisers is inevitable. So, there's no point whining about news not being independent because they also have to pay their salaries and bills somehow. So, all that we will discuss today is the following The BJP Bipo losses, 11 out of 14, was their hit rate in the last week um there were four lok sabha and four, four lok. lok sabha 11
0: assemblies so
1: that's 15 total yeah, yeah. and then uh, there was violence in Shillong a town yeah. that i have traveled to pretty much every year between 2002 to 2012 i think
0: my birthplace oh is it yeah. it's
1: beautiful and i can't imagine like violence and riots there and curfew so when i saw it i was pretty really surprised because
2: No, it's a... It's pretty fairly normal, actually. In fact, Samrat's piece in News Laundry actually talks about the fact that how this is not something to be surprised Curfews are normal, though? I mean, this tension between the outsider and the non-tribals the... non-tribals and the tribals and the... the
1: It's not just tension. In fact, if you And there were
2: were riots, too. Yeah, There have
1: been
0: riots. 70s, 80s, 90s. Oh, really? Yes. It's the reason why a lot of the other communities have left. Yeah. For instance, Bengalis Hmm. have all left for Kolkata. Some of them have stayed on, but the Punjabis are the ones who are there now. They are the ones facing the brunt now. So we're not going
1: anywhere. I see each jagga pair rakta was <laughs> thaat ette nee chakna angad da pair hai sad presence. You know what Angad's foot is? Anyone knows it? No. You don't know Angad ka pair? No. Anand, you surely know. Yeah. Yes, yeah. these people, these <laughs> uh, Macaulay Kalkals, Macaulay Kalkes' children, <laughs> Angad was a vanar of sugriv sena Achcha. when he went to this one's uh, the guy in lanka what's his name ravan's uh, this thing he put court. his foot down court and no one could remove it so it is like may, my word is angad's foot it cannot be moved so punjabi's presence once he immigrates is like you angad's, angad's foot. foot yeah that's what i'm saying yo punjabi in the house uh then um the pan Indian farmer protests called off. However, there were some protests with milk being spilt on roads. Um, but it hasn't hit the prices of milk or vegetables so far. Then the Shimla water crisis, which I want to talk about. NDTV, in fact, is uh, one of the channels I've been covering it most closely. I think we,
0: yeah, I think we were the only people who sent somebody there.
1: Yeah, you have. Yeah. I was thinking it's because it's a great series. gig. Yes. In June, where should we go cover you know farmers' <laughs> protests in Maharashtra with 48? Or should we go cover water? Shimla.
0: Shimla! We did both, to be fair. <laughs> okay, fine. And
1: um And finally, uh, well, not finally, there's the Kashmir unrest where there was another protest who was run over. And I think this is one of the cases of no one really knows what happened. It's, I mean, for example, I, it's difficult for me to have a position. We'll discuss that in a little more detail. I don't discuss it in the context of the Allahabad University violence where the university students also went on a rampage. They don't want Allahabad as a separate Azad state, but they just don't want to vacate the hostel <laughs> because <laughs> in Allahabad University, that's home. I'm not vacating nothing. And finally, we'll discuss the cricket match-fixing sting operation by Al Jazeera. Uh, there was an alert uh, subscriber who had insisted we discuss this so but we should have anyway um, and of course the petrol price cut all that blah 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 so uh, madhu let me start with you what do you want to start with the bi results we can quickly just get everyone's views is it something that needs the kind of coverage that it did is it an indication of how the country will vote for in the next i think
3: the coverage was be- precisely because of that because people are looking at it as an indication are you I wouldn't predict anything. I, I don't think journalists should predict mm. because we're not astrologers. Mm. And in politics, things can change on a dime. Absolutely. You know, one thing can happen two days before an election, which is what happened with uh, when uh, in America to Hillary Clinton, when James Comey. Said that they're the investigating concerns. Hillary Clinton's emails, so it changed everything. So anything can happen in this also. So, but it's going to be, I think, if there's one prediction one can make about this coming election, 2019, is probably going to be the dirtiest election in, mm. in the sense that everybody is going to use all the tools in the game, such as sting operations, throwing mud at each other. A I technology. think it's going to be really, really filthy.
1: And, and where technology has come is today, you know, it's unprecedented. Yeah. And I can just um, see that subscriber rolling his eyes who says Madhu always gives uh, analogy an American American, oh God, American American I forgot that. I have to stop. So, yeah. No,
3: I won't stop when it's, when it's applicable. App- absolutely. Yeah, but the thing is also, my concern is that will the average citizen be able to see through all this muck and vote for the person uh, or the party? that they
1: really think will deliver the goods to them. Well, we can hope. Sunetra, where were you on the counting day? Were you in Kirana? Or were no, you I
0: was, um, you know, uh, I She was, was in Shillong
1: <laughs> having a good time.
0: <laughs> no, I was anchoring all day, actually. Okay. And my colleague, Amitod Singh, was covering it. He'd mm-hmm. been there uh, like a week in advance covering the entire thing. Um, I think for me, what's interesting is, it may be dirty. I, I think all elections, uh, you know, kind of get like that. But I think what's, Amazing is that after a long time, we're looking at each bipole. Like for example, I don't feel that about the West Bengal polls for some reason because you know they kind of forego everyone knows that is gonna win. It's just about this. But I think what's really exciting about these is that we're all looking at each and every bipole like with pated breath saying, okay, what's going to happen here? Hmm. Do you know that people are already in, in, you know, among parliament reporters, they're already excited about what's going to happen in the deputy chair of Rajya Sabha election. I mean, how random and how small is that? Because they think, again, that is going to be a kind of measure of opposition unity will there be a BJD united candidate or not will there be this or not so each of these Palghar, oh my god what is the margin what is the margin over here so people are so excited and I think as someone who just kind of like looks at it as an outsider who's just you know I'm, I don't consider myself a political expert or anything I've just been doing it for some time that it's just interesting to see that how people are getting involved how it excites me as well after all these years these elections so I think it's for that it was interesting Manisha? Yeah, I think
2: 2019 will be quite an exciting election for all journalists to cover. But I won't read too much into by-polls. I mean, it's just,
4: hmm.
2: I don't think it really indicates the sort of uh, sentiments people may have for the Modi government. I don't think it's any indication of that.
4: Um, okay. Anand? Uh, yes, it is fraught. Uh, sir. There is a, an element of being gratified if you are proved right. So people are afraid to stick their neck out. And uh, there is also danger of having egg on your face mm. 10 months later. But uh, two, three things. First is that uh, uh, bipoles uh, even in Lok Sabha elections, are highly localized. And for all practical purposes, they are Vidhan Sabha polls. The so reflection of the state. Yes. Yeah, also, the nature of uh, BJP's electoral machinery is more effective when it is, uh, operates on a mass scale b- because of the massive infusion, personality cult of the Prime Minister and many things. So the full force of its electoral uh, prowess is not on display when uh, you go to uh, micro-pools like this. So uh, it's not uh, a kind of well-weather measure of things that may come up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I agree One. Can't predict a poll 10 months later based on what happens today, but I do think I mean, I disagree with Nanisha slightly. I think it is a kind of referendum on the party today. It may not last till next time, but it does. I mean, and also what it does is it allows you know that that, uh, uh, MP from UP who has said that Mr. Mora should have been made chief minister and Hmm. this is because Yogi was made. It allows these you know, dissenters to come up and use this opportunity. And it does, I mean, the fact that Modi held so many rallies there and still didn't win.
0: Also, uh, you know, you have to kind of, if you see the kind of reaction from within them, right? Um, I'm not going by the ones that we are reading too much into that he went and immediately after went and met uh, Udhav. Uh, Udhav and uh, he also met uh, the other allies as well. He's going to meet Akalis today. Right. No, I, in fact, I was speaking to someone in the LJP, Paswans, and they they said very clearly that they felt that, you know, people like Amit Shah and all are concerned about what's happened in Uttar Pradesh. So if themselves within their circles, you start hearing this, then it, obviously they pay much more import to it. So it's not just us saying, look, this is the bipolar and that's bad news for them in 2019. If they themselves, the exactly. reports from within are coming out and saying that, look, they're worried then I guess they are. Also, pa-
1: Paswan said Tejasvi and uh, what's Paswan's son's name?
0: Chirag.
1: Chirag and Tejasvi are the future of Bihar. Good luck, by the way, Anand, yes, <laughs> to your state. But there was a report that the BJP is looking to uh, move the
3: uh, all the elections to put the national elections together with these. And I think yeah. If, yeah. if that's true... Then, what they're looking at is that they want they expect that nationally people will vote for the bjP and when it's put together, then this that they momentum will vote will less. The they will vote a, less towards
1: the particular state party right I, I think this whole um I'd like to discuss that also actually I didn't discuss it in the opening menu. The radio ads uh, I don't know if you've been hearing you know you're in election season because in twenty fourteen when the Oh, Rahabha Ratanir Rahman. Oh, you remember those shit ads? Those yeah. really dirty ones with like that little child saying, annoying girl. Papa, papa, hum, tax queue oh, yeah. de te Oh, are to that. Yeh, de flyover banane hai. Na, beautiful. So, competing on the shittiness scale, even BJP's government has come up with them, except that their shittiness is basically all kind of. They've all aimed it at Modi. So, this little girl saying, my papa, Hamesha But basically, he was dying. He was dying. Modi had half price karke surgeries. Modi Dr. Trehan to go home. There another surgeon in He was
3: that half price. He He was dying. He was dying. He was dying. He was Anand can set, shed some light on it that the uh, rates that the government has set for surgeries etc. are lower than the C H S t- yes C G S states uh, pr- uh, prices and also the government owes 130 crores to private hospitals for the C- HS services which have not been paid and I don't think they'll ever be paid right so we're looking at hospitals getting into a limping stage state but what I'm hearing is that it's the smaller hospitals that will suffer the big ones will be able yeah, to survive because of the
1: scale and they are investor backed also yeah. so uh, I'd like to discuss this, that this whole radio, this thing and also uh, I almost forgot you know the arrests in uh, Nagpur in Pune, sorry on the Bhoi clashes the Pune police arrest five activists in Delhi, Mumbai and Nagpur And uh, meanwhile, the prime accused is, I I believe, out on bail, or he was never arrested in the first place. So, yeah, we discussed that. And is that, and they're saying it's like they're linked to Maoists, and of course, the usual channels. Urban Maoists. Linked it to hashtag Urban Maoists. Um, So, yeah, I'd just like to now move on to uh, the bipole is done. Uh, I just want to move on to quickly, I'll just get that out of the way. Um, Did everyone watch the Al Jazeera sting operation? Hmm. I watched about half of it. Okay, well, you did better than me. had to watch and fast forward. Now, okay, Madhu, I mean, I'm no longer a journalist, but I have been. I lost interest in it. I couldn't give a fuck with what was it, like whether they were fixing anything or not. A, like 48 minutes or 52 minutes. What they were saying could have been said in 10, I think. And um, Scroll ran a long piece on how this was a complete sting operation and the Cobra post was not. And I thought that was a very... All over the place. Piece. I couldn't understand what the piece was trying to say. It. I think it was a terrible rewritten piece. But what was so great about the sting operation? I, no, do, I don't I, know. Yeah. As uh, is, sorry, I, I just want to ask you, Anand. Then I'll come to Madhu. Is it because I'm disinterested in cricket, or was it genuinely a really boring sting operation? Because you're interested in cricket. Did it keep you hooked? Because it didn't keep me hooked at all.
4: The sting was uh, um, high on uh, you say sleek production, hmm. but low on substance. Mm. so its production values were good mm. uh, but uh, substance uh, low and uh, it was primarily meant for non cricket viewing countries because it tried to explain each and what every aspect over? of cricket yeah what is the session uh, cricket and in the process it in the process it dumbed down it because uh, it didn't come up in, with any evidence it didn't sting any of the players right it didn't name it I, it, it is not also providing evidence to icc saying that d company is involved mm. and uh, we cannot risk uh, our lives by providing you evidence. Then why did you carry out a sting operation if, if you were so afraid? Mm. So, uh, second is that uh, now the cricketing aspects of it. W- w- what are they? Sorry, just
1: one question I have because I couldn't watch the whole thing. It just mm. bored me numb. Mm. Did they finally deliver on a match? They
4: said we can get this fixed. Did it? Like uh-huh. this whole I thing am coming like, look, to that. Did they come to that stage? I am coming to that. Hmm. All their sting operations were about test cricket. Mm. And test cricket is a unique form of cricket. And uh, these uh, journalists uh, who did the sting operation, uh, I think they were somehow trapped in their own ignorance also of the game. Uh, I think the Sri Lankan uh, two is, uh, sting operations have some kind of yeah, validity. The
1: pitch creator uh, and, and the player. But, correct.
4: But that true. Now, test cricket is, uh, you see, both the, uh, both the operations were on the final day of a test match where the team is playing to draw the test. After conceding huge first inning lead, players, uh, batsmen are batting very cautiously, very slowly to just uh, bring, bring the test to a draw. Now, uh, as Asis Nandi said, that uh, um, test cricket is unique uh, because it is one of the most... uh, one of the surviving critiques of industrial revolution, because you can play five days without any result. It's a a critique of industrial revolution because it does not uh, place uh, uh, premium on results and numbers. So the bets were on that... uh, the uh, scoring ro- rate would be this, in in this session. In this session, correct. In this session. Now, anyway, players were playing slowly, and uh, you say uh, the coincidence of it being high, that it that was... That it will remain anyway. it So was there was enslaved. no compelling evidence of fixing, no, which is what fixed. I thought, so it didn't and, circle back, you know what they were the saying? And the pitch-tampering one, pitch-tampering one in Sri Lanka, where the pit was uh, pl- <laughs> uh, placed, on uh, on uh, the pitch favoring batsmen and they score should should uh, be this much after the end of the day uh, 500 something and second that uh, the game will end in three, uh, three days, days because the days. Uh, pitch is very spin friendly mm. and uh, it will uh, get over within three or four days so they made, uh, uh, allegedly made huge money out of it so uh uh, that may have some credence but, but the that, rest has, that yeah. has to be also investigated also the nature uh, in all the four sting operations the outcome of the match was not in question only spot fixing was
1: was there. in question and it wasn't it's just the, they also I mean there, there were stings or allegations of tea Twenty also, including yeah, Mumbai's. But they and didn't
4: fourth, they were uh, in Dubai. They were pitching for having a form of uh, a, a kind of tournament where which would be wholly based on betting. So yeah, they were so, pitching for sponsors. But yeah, and but they, those things are different. I just thought. But overall, it did nothing. Much.
1: sorry, Madhu. What do you think of this thing?
3: I think uh, what struck me. I mean, I agree with everything that Anand said, uh, but I do feel that what was missing in the Cobra Post sting Uh, is glaring in the sense that it's not journalistically correct because there is no space given to... Like Anand is saying, a lot of time is spent explaining the game to viewers who will not know cricket. But I think Cobra Post would have done well to explain the difference between accepting advertising money and also the difference, bigger difference, which people understand... uh, uh, accepting advertising money. But a lot of people don't understand the difference between paid news and advertorials. And so they would have done well if they had demarcated those areas and explained it like this is what it is. Journalism is about being independent, not taking money for any story at all. And that's how traditional journalism functions. However, you are uh, in the ethical level, uh, on the ethical level, you are allowed to take money for ads. But if those ads um, influence your copy, your editorial, like Times of India often does, they'll write a full page of uh, diarrhea outbreaks, dysentery outbreaks, and you turn the page and there's an ad for debt how to prevent it by Correct. buying debt all. Correct. Or list of product-based thing, So th- that explanation would have uh, served well if they had done that. And one thing that this article that was uh, forwarded to us, uh, comparing the two stings. Hmm. The scroll uh, article, yeah, um, in the Guardian. I think the one thing that in Guardian, in Guardian. Uh, where was it? Scroll. Doesn't it scroll. Th- though there are
4: articles in Guardian also. Telegraph also. Oh, I think I got the one in Guardian. Guardian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also.
3: Um, I think when he uh, compares the two, what happens is that you're comparing something where. Neither of them come to the end result, which mm. he mentions. And that is the problem with with stings. It's they've, both in both areas they they're just happy showing the process, But the process is not enough.
0: I completely agree with what you're saying because we've started talking about the the cobra posting mm. operation. I just thought that I know what you're saying about the distinction, and that's really important. But I thought that just by hearing the fact that those two Bengal papers said no, it just kind of also, Gave us that moral bearing, you know.
1: Us being us Bengalis.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's true. No, but I'm saying as as also media organisations. They really, I think, said that even if it is ads, even if it is just simply ads, they said no to the ads as well.
3: Okay, one thing so that d- I just wanted to point out in that article, he does say that the editing uh, is choppy in Cobra Post, mm. and you really can't follow what happens in progression and in chronology. And he also questions how it's edited because some of them are chopped off mid-sentence. Mm-hmm. So that raises a lot of questions. Like, what did they chop out? And why did they chop it out? But Cobra
1: Post, finally, after this allegation, they put all the footage online, right? Yeah. They said all 12 raw footage. footage. Yeah, they put mm-hmm. it on. They said you can see it. So they finally, of course, it was a tedious process going through it. So you were saying, okay, that is one thing. but No,
0: I just think that, you know, in this day and age, when of course, it's better to have like very clear demarcation of what ads are and what you said times of india does of also influencing their copy but the fact that there were these old school people and frankly i hadn't even i I mean i know it's bortoman and one other paper but you know these are media houses which i don't follow i just know that but it just felt good and it seriously said okay that's the benchmark where these people don't even let don't even let dodgy ads get in through the door yeah. Because he, he shooed them away, you know, those comments that they gave. And they in fact gave the person who was offering it a lecture on <laughs> on journalism and said, This is what we were told. This is what our founder, Shumon Babu or whatever. Which is such his a name thing. Of, give yeah, a lecture. Give a lecture <laughs> and said, This is what he told us that anything to do with God, we don't even put their ads in the paper. Which I think in this day and age when It's kind of like good to know that there are people like this who are running a newspaper who have such high moral standards. I think it's really commendable. I
1: I agree. Madhu, one question. Were you... Do you like cricket at all? Do you give a shit? Yeah, I love cricket. Oh, you do? Okay. So, it kept you hooked as a journalist or as a cricket lover?
3: I don't know how to divide that while watching it.
1: Okay. but um, I was bored. I
3: was actually looking at it more... as a journalist because it's just basic discipline if I'm onto something no matter how boring
4: it is I you will watch it. it oh dear god so okay. you have to go watch also Dostana one thing, challenge uh, one hmm. problem with the credibility of it is that the kind of money they were offering players to fix the matches was too low that would have done in 90s but now not now hmm. when uh, Top players, the bracket A players right. get a lot of money. Sure. So uh, um, I mean just minus the endorsements
1: uh, they get over a crore. Endorsement market uh, yes. of crore. So, uh, crore.
4: the kind of money they were offering. But maybe they were targeting in the allegedly the uh, bracket c players c which bracket. is what i think is possible but sh- he
3: failed to so ask the question like who who are you who yeah. are the players hmm. i want to know in the indian team who, hmm. who, who are, are these the players, players. Exactly. and australian so you're building up
4: australian players uh, the english players have responded australians have not who they have casting they were casting as persons on them so they have said that it's improbable it's uh, below our dignity to say uh, to answer to it that. It hasn't caused the ripples that...
1: But uh, Sunetra, coming to you... Uh, sorry, Manisha, I'll come to you after this. You haven't spoken at all on this. I, I have nothing to say on un- Because you didn't it. do your homework. <laughs> um, this whole um, debate that has got stirred in all the journalist groups that I'm part of and you know, even in publications. What is your view? Sting journalism, journalism, sting journalism, not journalism, that whole thing. Do you this have a view is on this?
0: It's very tricky. No, see, because you know, in NDTV, I'm not a sting person at all because I just think that whole thing of you know surreptitiously filming and plus I saw a really bad instance of it really mm. bad instance of it in in one of those North Korean channels once, ages Mm. ago, where they stung some junior official. Mm. And the the person didn't know. And, you know, as someone who has, uh, throughout my career, I've worked only by working, you know, first trying to make sources in the police or it's bureaucrats or anything. I think that's just really unfair. To film them and then put them on air is just whatever. But having said that, in NDTV, I saw the most, you know, the most amazing uh, impact which came out of a sting journalism Ar-ki which was the, Jessi- yeah, the jessica yeah the jessica
1: i remember that that was huge admitting so so the bribe. whole
0: concept that they work under that if it is for public good well that was the only way we everybody knows in a criminal case that there is understanding that there is a kind of behind the scenes arrangement mm. that is there between the prosecution and, and defense. the defense but that had never come to light if this brought it to light, and and remember the uh, the long term impact of it, R. K. Anand is still not practicing. He is still banned yeah. from the court. Yeah. So if really did have that kind of impact, then 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 of, obviously it works. Obviously, it doesn't work for me as a journalist, but yeah. it, you know, my colleagues have done it amazingly well. It had that kind of impact. So it shows that it can be done well.
1: Sure. Uh, although, uh, since you don't like low people being stung, and of course, it's unfair for me to bring this up to you. I remember NDTV did a sting operation on auto drivers who were charging people more than they should. I was like, dude, like, <laughs> seriously. I was like, fuck's sake. Yeah. You made fun of it <laughs> on, on clothes, guy. Right? I made mean, fun this? of it on clothes, uh, I think two years ago, uh, I was like, That was really breaking news. I was like, You're doing stings on auto drivers not going by the meter? Like, seriously? <laughs> 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 and were
0: they like, revealing the identity of the, of the drivers? And but it was not stinky yeah. there. would be that they don't go by meter. How yeh is it like yeh,
1: Sabko <laughs> no, ki, no, think, think... no,
2: to yevhi pada ki
3: Arms deal So how do you Like a sting offering Got irritated That he uh, was over Chana Chana Sting Okay I
0: don't know I don't... I'm just Okay that's okay yeah.
1: Manisha do you have Anything to say About anything Before I move on
2: No I think we spoke At length about Stings last time A journalist time. Says
3: no to But
1: an opportunity no but on
2: uh, like uh, she was talking about stinging the lowest whatever comment the worst example of that I think was Quint recently where that guy committed suicide yeah. or uh-huh. there are various theories that, that was pathetic even in Cobra Post I do agree with Madhu that it could have benefited as a nation we can benefit with some media literacy mm. and what Cobra Post type stings do in the long term which is something that Pratab Banu also pointed out is just make us really cynical of the media just painting everyone with the same brush and just saying yeah. Sare No, sure. and I think and in even a lot in of these t- Yes, you Sorry. had um, open uh, Fire Karl Mistri, who is the general manager, who was stung. And again, that's not fair to that guy because
0: yeah. he's doing his job. Sorry, I'm, I'm obviously jumping in. But see, the auto driver is not going to face retribution from anybody mm. by what he's been shown. Uh, it's not like the transport department is watching NDTV TV and saying, we'll cancel. Karenge. I'm sure any of those officials that were shown by those channels
1: lose their jobs. Yes, sure. for sure. Yeah. It, so so
0: knowing it. knowing the kind of things that they come under and the kind of risk they take and the thing is we need officials to speak to us we need people to meet reporters so for you as a reporter to do do it the the easy way out of just hiding a camera and going into a sarkari office and stinging some junior official who didn't even take the call i would understand if you're stinging a minister or something mm. a junior official who didn't take the call he's just a cog in the wheel it's just like what's and the point and uh, also makes
2: life difficult for other journalists because then everyone's suspicious. No one. Everyone stops talking because they think they're being stung or something. Exactly.
4: Anand. Yes, uh, I think uh, philosophically, the crisis of instinct uh, operation is the dichotomy between Socratic and Gandhian philosophy. Is speaking truth to power and Gandhian. Philosophy of uh, means being as as ethical as the end. So uh, it's a Socratic Gandhian dichotomy. So, so, speak uh, peace. uh, Highly intellectual. But also, uh, speaking truth to power and being anti establishment just for the sake of it is not. a virtue in itself. So let us take a hypothetical situation that uh, if media business, uh, it's a known fact that uh, they will go for money. So if uh, the incentive was to propel anti-Hindutva propaganda, would those people have denied it?
1: Hmm.
4: Would they is not it just money uh, or is it Hindutva? Yes.
1: Hmm. Well, yeah, that's an interesting hypothetical scenario. Although I We'll venture a guess into how that would have played out. It depends Bohut on that.
2: De if it was pro Congress and anti. No,
1: pro Congress they would have done easily. Party they don't have a problem with. But if they would have said run a. No, but know, run something
2: thing. nice about Rahul Gandhi. No, they, that would they would have, have run.
1: No, I think, I don't but think you would have,
2: have, have had to pay a lot more for that. I don't think so. I think, they would have, I think
1: what <laughs> would be a problem was if they said pay that Kashmir should get Azadi. That, they said, that no. knew, uh, huh. I don't think You see,
3: one thing, I, what is clear when I've been talking to people after seeing who have seen this thing, and also the um, show that uh, Rahul Shiv Shankar and uh, the Times Now lady did on um, Tarun Tejpal's tapes. I hmm. asked people, what did you think? What did you think? And on this, what I find is the average viewer does not absorb detail. Hmm. And very often they do follow, they do obey what the anchor is leading them on to. Hmm. They do not think for themselves. They do not look at it and say, no, what they're showing is different from what she's saying. Right. And the same with the sting operation, that they don't sit like... No, 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 no. This one didn't do this. This yeah. one did this. Like the way
1: we sat through them, yeah. the others don't. No,
3: the average viewer just gets the general gist. And what the response that I was getting from people who had seen some of the thing was like, So it creates an atmosphere that smears the whole media without looking at the detail. And also in the other one, Again, uh, like this, uh, Times Now played those tapes, which was actually illegal because that's yeah. evidence in court. Um, again, people didn't look at what was in the tape and what she was saying. that They're guided completely by, Although by what Times now was leading
1: them into. In Times Now's case, even the regular people I speak with, they don't even take Times Now seriously. I, I think they've gone so far down the road. I mean, I don't know, maybe there are other more gullible viewers who are like complete, like or they're such, I think such slow they're they're just, they there's such low thinking that is just sitting dribbling, saliva believe, coming they down. They believe
3: what they're being, yeah, because uh, the news. It's more, uh, they just accept it. There's, there is still a level of suspension of disbelief when they're watching something, okay. But, but you know, it should be there, I think. With news,
2: of course, I mean, it that should is the be original, there. yeah. Okay. But it'll be a fascinating experiment to do, like at least show like a news programming where you know the anchors not so telling you what that. and then just ask That's a people. great idea. I mean, it'll be a great like But uh, if you
1: want to have social news experiment <laughs> interpreted in interesting ways and more accurate ways, you can just subscribe to News Laundry and listen to the half <laughs> This part is gonna be outside the paywall. <laughs> There's a good time for me to plug when subscribers pay subscribers are served. When advertisers pay, advertisers pay, advertisers are served, support independent media, subscribe to news laundry, don't be so cheap. It costs less than a packet of cigarettes or a beer. Uh, or maybe around the same And it gets you a lot more intoxicated on knowledge, baby. Okay, I'll just read a quick email from a subscriber. After I want to come to the whole um, Punjabi versus Khasi. Yeah, Kashmir also we
2: should discuss. And
1: Kashmir, yeah, we can come to that after. And we have that uh, Koregaon Bhima rest left. So these three quick things we'll do. This is from Rajkumar Gunendrajeet. Hi NL team, this is Gunen from Manipur. I've been a subscriber to New Zealand since the 14th of June, 2016. Oh, you remember? It's going to be an anniversary next week, then, Gunain. Our one-year anniversary of you being subscriber. It was a breath of fresh air having Samrat in Hafta 174. Hafta has broadened my spectrum, came to know about Mr. Saurabh Divedi and his Top. The recommendation at the end of every episode is a definite welcome. What's happened to Mr. Anand Ranganathan? Miss his erudite interjections and wish Madhu ma'am comes up with the reading list. Of all the books she's read in order of preference, must be a very long list indeed. He really appreciates your suggestions. Her writings have always been a pleasure since India Today in the late 70s or was it the 80s? So long ago. Madhu, 70s or 80s? He's asking. 70s. 70s. 76. It was in
3: 1975 that India Today magazine was launched.
1: All right. So further, it would be great if you have a full-fledged panelist. Most of the time, only two of so three. So was he born then? Clearly two or three members are missing or he had an operation in which case he's read this and i say that because when i had my appendicitis operation i was bedridden for three weeks i read every reader's i just from (laughs) bloody 1970 onwards because they all piled up drama and real life laughter the best medicine life's like that humor uniform and all those college track college yeah so it was just and subtly trying to convert you type Please keep up the good work and get more people from all corners of the country, including this part of the country, as your guests in the panel, instead of restricting it to NCR whereabouts. Godspeed and more power to you guys. Thanks so much, Gunain. Appreciate your letter and your good wishes and a subscription. Like I said, it's our anniversary next week. I'll think of you. (laughs) Am I sounding creepy? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Can I now uh, quickly come to, I want to just combine two things. Uh, And so, Netra, let me start with you, the guest. Um, For our listeners, context, in Shillong, which is a really beautiful place, I remember it as a, you know, musical town, there were clashes uh, between uh, the Khasi community and the Punjabi settlers, some of them who've been there for the last 170 years or so. Like multiple generations. It started off with a driver of Punjabi. like all
2: fights that involve Punjabis, it started off over parking space. <laughs>
1: so between
2: a Punjabi woman and a Khasi bus driver. So and there are two versions as all these things have two versions. One say that uh, the khasi bus driver was attacked by Punjabi men after this fight, the other say that the driver had harassed the woman and so women beat him up.
1: But, but yeah. Long story short, it led to Khasi versus Punjabi riots, full blown riots. Curfew had to be imposed, and uh, some of the Khasi community is saying that these Punjabis have to be pushed out from the heart of the city into the outskirts. Some are saying they should go back to Punjab. The Shiromani Akali Dal sent a delegation there, and I don't know what they did. Probably distribute Kada <laughs> Prasad. Okay, no, I'm just being insensitive. So, now, that is one thing, and I also want to link this, maybe a little unfairly, but what the fuck, let me be provocative, to this piece, which was an interesting one The Ugly Indian Tourist in Open Magazine, about these North Indian tourists uh, in Goa beaches. Okay, just... that's
0: not related at all. Okay, nah, okay fine, <laughs> See, so I'm are being People unfairly. who just live there okay. for oh, like mean generations. Like,
1: okay. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying uh, there's a certain um, rejection of Punjabi culture or aggression. But sorry. Fuck that. Uh, Sunetra, since you were born in Shillong, what do you think of this entire... And did it get enough coverage? I know NDTV had someone on the ground there.
0: Yes. Uh, we had Ratnadeep, who is in Kohati. So he's around there. I just, uh, just a little bit of a, you know, kind of just a warning that I am from there. I spent uh, every summer till I was about 21 in mm-hmm. Shillong because my grandmother stayed there. Now, to give a little bit of context, because my family history kind of illustrates what has happened there. That, you know, we are the typical kind of thing of uh, being from East Bengal and after partition, uh, my father's side came towards Assam, my mother's side came towards Shillong. And what happened was that, obviously, the the story goes that the Bengalis took up all the important positions and the the locals, the khasis felt resentful towards it. And that has been the source of, Manisha, you, you've also followed this, right? That's been the source of tension between them for through the decades. Okay, So that's been the thing. Now, what's happened is that it got... So 70s, 80s, in fact, the tension was always there against the Bengalis, against the, uh, and you know, you have a thriving Sindhi uh, population also there. In fact, some of the landmarks like Uncle's Shop or these well-known shops, there are all owned by the Sindhis in Shillong. Then you have a thriving Marwari population as well. But what would be a constant feature, which perhaps people wouldn't know, because when I was young and I'd wear something from Shillong, they'd think I was from Ceylon <laughs> that's <laughs> a kind of general knowledge that people have about Shillong in North India but um, uh, what people didn't know was that every summer now and then there would be till about the 90s mid 90s I think it changed late 90s and 2003 and that's when the music scene really yeah, took off 2008 yeah. Low 2000, yeah, decade actually yeah is when for the last decade is that people will finally start going out in the evening. So when I would go to Shillong, uh, my Shillong of childhood, is that you wouldn't be seen around on the streets in the evening because it was unsafe, you know, and curfews were very, very, uh, very, very common because of this kind of tension against various communities. And in fact, my uncle, he was a doctor. They all had to leave Shillong basically because of this threat kept coming back. And so local businesses would have to pay extortion money if you wanted to stay back there. Mm. And eventually, people had to sell out and leave because they weren't even allowed to own land. So my aunt, when she finally sold off my grandmother's house, uh, and you know, these are Bengalis who've never lived in the... So Kolkata is not home for them. It's just that we speak the language. Mm. These are all hill people. So they identify with Shillong. So so it's it's a tragic story. It's a story kind of akin, in fact, to... What's what's happened in the valley and the right. pundits? You know, I always think of that. Because the pundit story gets highlighted a lot. Because they make noise about it. For some reason, Bengalis and other people who are in the northeast, and this is not just the northeast world, this also happened in Assam. A lot of the professionals who are, you know, and you know that's what we're seeing with the whole citizenship Shabil. amendment hmm. bill as well. That they want people to leave if you're an outsider and everybody gets clubbed as an outsider so the bengalis (laughs) so what's really sad is we're all having to go towards bengal and no one is really you know
1: see the here's where the Punjabi comes in now the Punjabis made a noise about it and it's being covered see the bengalis left quietly the Punjabi said (laughs) no i think
0: i think the i think now what's happened amazing thing is that because of whatsapp because of the fact that people have their own voice and because of the fact that shillong itself has become very mainstream now for mm. the last 10 years that people yeah. people like you went there every year right mm-hmm. and and you have so many concerts there for the first time the other day i was looking at where to where people go for summer and shillong is now in the top 10 places
1: wow okay that's interesting
2: the first riot mm. actually first major riot was in 1979 in that's shillong right, yeah. by khasi mobs directed at bengali minorities hmm. and i think what this really this incident has brought to light is we talk a lot about northeasterners being discriminated yeah. in mainland india which is true which is fair but the sort of ethnic nationalism in northeast which is which is borders on racism there's a lot of like pure blood who is the ethnic you know who is mm. the real uh, person in whatever group mm. in meghalaya who should stay there it's almost like it anywhere else it would be called nazism and that's what I mean, Samrat also writes in his piece. In Northeast, it's just romanticized and it's overlooked. We really don't know the sort of racism that exists there. That Bengalis have really suffered for a very long time. Right. Riots, attacks, rapes. Oh, all just them
1: cleaning out of there, like yeah, your family. A yeah. yeah, lo- lot of them.
2: And uh, so it's interesting to see, like, what the min- when the minority is a majority, yeah, and the crimes it perpetuates hmm. against the minority that may be a majority somewhere else.
1: But I and think in the Northeast is a little more complicated because, yeah, in any yeah, case, course, they feel let down by the rest of India I mean you know post independence it, it's, ha- it's never been a peaceful space perhaps yeah but even, even the, like, the military even Assam, adds, Assam, adds to no, even but
0: the... doesn't Meghalaya is not that no Meghalaya doesn't yeah. have that history right.
1: Assam or, uh, it's an Mesoram. idyllic
0: place which goes through via Guwahati
4: Sure. Anand, do you want to weigh in on this? uh, See, as Manisha said, it may not be uh, the narrative of uh, khasis against North Indians. It may be a very local issue also. Mm. But uh, uh, there are other narratives also. I somehow avoid commenting anything on North East because any tribe can uh, spring up and say that you don't know our tribe. So, uh, I I really don't know much about North East so uh, but in the first decade of this century there was large scale violence against biharis in assam mm. Mm. and uh, many biharis were killed at the same time uh, to uh, say uh, 5 years uh, earlier when i came from bihar to delhi in 1997 now this uh, a fallacy about uh, the mainland metropolitan India being free from it is wrong. We were called tetanus in Delhi University. Tetanus. Bihar. Tetanus. tetanus because we carried steel trunks. And uh, that could infect people with tetanus. So, so uh, are you serious? <laughs> so, to तो uh, तो mm. A गए tetanus log. ये tetanus लोग requires
3: a peace. हाँ,
4: ये experience. तो आ गए ये ये लोग this kind of regional racism, uh, even metropolitan India has. So, right. it's not very specific to a smaller towns. Hmm. True. But I think what is unique is that many parts of the northeast
1: get away with it because of the victimhood in other aspects of india having given her commit- correctly so yeah. but uh, madhu you want to comment on that i was just saying that this has been happening for a while but now people realize it's happening because this time the people that were pushed against were punjabis and sunetra says no it's because of technology and you know internet and all people get to know i said no it's because Punjabis, it's Punjabis are noisy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We are a noisy bunch okay. Now in a completely Unrelated article The ugly Indian tourist It has nothing to do With what you <laughs> just spoke about It's I know it's one article But it's caused A lot of conversation And I think This is an interesting article Because I see both sides I don't have a position On this It's in the open magazine The link is below
2: So when they say North Indian Is it Punjabi Specifically Yeah,
1: It doesn't really Specifically say Punjabi In this But it kind of it, it What the guy They're, defined, they're, they're describing <laughs> Sounds Punjabi. pretty Punjabi To me <laughs> I
0: haven't read the piece Actually But okay.
1: yeah uh, I mean also The guy who They have put In the Goa <laughs> Beach <laughs> Mainly this, uh, <laughs>
4: You know uh, These guys <laughs> So basically If you Those of you Haven't no, read the piece domestic, In domestic uh, Tourism scenario Bengalis and Kannadigas uh, um, are uh, at the top. They travel a lot, yeah, but yes. somehow they don't piss people off as much as
1: Punjabis and Haryanvis. We're lovely,
3: do. I tell you. Also, <laughs> 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 I, I think Indians behave very differently uh, abroad than they do in their own country. When things go wrong, for example, when a flight is delayed or ever here, you immediately the person across the counter is beaten up, or you hmm. know something like that happens. I've seen
4: again I'm saying it they sense hmm. conspiracies
1: hmm?
4: they sense conspiracies <laughs> behind that flight delay and some things yeah.
1: they do you're right yeah, no yeah. but okay now this article talks about how in Goa and it's not just talking about the men being you know lecherous and uh, kind of uh, un unlikable on a beach uh, especially because they're wearing undies and spreading with uh, sitting with their legs spread apart looking pretty ugly hideous actually fuck, I just can't get my eyes off these two guys. But um, also women changing the nappy of the child and leaving the potty there. And that they're just fucked Goa beaches. So many people have seen this article as racist. That, you know, the Goan or the Konkani is this wonderful person and all these North Indians are bloody ugly, badly behaved, lecherous men. But many of them are. I mean, the attitudes of Haryana towards women or in Punjab, are different from a Kerala. So they come
3: to Goa with like Moj karni hai, chai ko I've seen drugs and women. Yeah, drugs yeah, and women. And uh, uh, once when my daughters were teenagers, there were men who were who started taking their pictures. Hmm. And uh, you know, my husband just took their camera and took the film. out. those days, there were films. So hmm. he took the film out, and they really feel. There's something about Goa's message and and uh, the subtext of Goa is like uh, one girl was telling me. Yeah, yeah, one girl was telling me that when we were growing up, she's from Bihar. When we were growing up, Goa was a place that we were not allowed to go. But when we got married, we said, "First thing we're going to go hmm. So then you could
1: get your rocks off. Yeah. So it
3: has that sort of
1: Forbidden uh, w- City. Watch kind our of thing. husband hang around the beach in his chaddis yeah. <laughs> and get turned on big time. Yo. <laughs> so um, Didn't one you,
0: minister say something? I think he was spot on. What he said? One minister in Goa said that. the, you know, the minister yeah, no? yeah. yeah. He said they're the scum of the earth or something. Oh, ah. And people were outraged. And I thought, yeah, he's right. It's true. He said scum. domestic tourists are horrible.
3: Hmm.
1: And especially the littering part of it. The yeah. litter. That is unbelievable. Yeah, but I think the whole nervousness and the kind of the tension that comes when you are on a beach with female company and some North Indians come... Immediately, you're ready for a fight. That's the problem with North Indian. That's because you're North
0: Indian. (laughs) Obviously. (laughs) I was just going to say that. But I'm only half. I'm half Tamil. Bengali man will be. You just move eh? (laughs) away to a better part of the beach, you know, non confrontational. Goa's
3: gone through so many phases. You know, there was a time when it was overrun with Israelis. Hmm. And that, I think, was the calmest time that Goa had. The hippie markets were beautiful. Everything was easy. Those Israeli young people had come on their two-year break they're allowed to take between uh, school and the, before they joined the army mm. or after they joined the army they allowed two years of mm. so that was the calmest time after that um, there was again a change where uh, there was these um, British uh, charter flights mm. and they were As bad as our North Indian tourists. Really? Oh yeah. Really crude littering. Again, for them, this was the Sin City, misbehaving Mm. and all that. Then came the most dangerous time. Russians were the Russians.
1: Now they rule the place. When
3: the Russians now no, there's been a change again. So the Russians, when they were there, um, it was really hardcore
1: well till three four years ago they were they were yeah. certain they controlled, they, they controlled everything they
3: controlled everything they controlled all the raves the were drugs, restaurants you couldn't enter they were not Russian then and they were, the Nigerians arrived. So now they've arrived. So they've gone now. So the, after the Russians the Nigerians came. So when are the Punjabis coming? Ni- Nigerians <laughs> Nigerians then created all kinds of their their focus was drugs, and there were a lot of. Uh, there was a lot of violence, even during the Russian period. Mm. There was violence, and in this in the Ni- Nigerian period, also there's a lot of violence, people being killed and everything, and um, street fights and gang wars and all that kind of thing. Um, now everybody's disappeared, except for the uh, the local mafia of Goa owns everything, and we have the local domestic uh, local domestic. Tourist. Tourist. Yeah. No tourists, because all the uh, stories of rape and violence and everything have scared the international tourists away.
1: Anand, you want to weigh in on this? No, no, no. Okay. No, <laughs> no, no, he says. <laughs> okay. I'll read one more quick email. i let him
4: talk here. Yeah. No, no. He doesn't want to say. Yeah, he does. I don't have a very generous view of my predictability.
3: <laughs> <Okay>.
4: <laughs> well. So,
1: um, I'll read a, <laughs> I'll need another quick email. After which, I'd like to discuss the violence in Kashmir. This is by Prakash Ayer. Hi, News Laundry team. Abhinandan's comments on Indian democracy stirred the patriot in me. He (laughs) mentioned another article on how US is the embodiment of liberal democracy and how Indians are still servile towards the monarchs or the powerful in general. Yes, Indian society has a long way to go. But I do think Indian democracy is an incredible achievement so far. In spite of the flaws, just look around India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka. All have fewer people, lesser diversity and still have struggled for political stability, faced multiple military coups. Even Nepal has had seven constitutions, barring a few leaders like Nehru or Jyoti Basu. Almost every major Indian leader has been embraced, and been kicked out by the Indian voter, and sometimes accepted again. For all its history of caste system, Indian gave, India gave universal suffrage. As soon as it, was con- it had a constitution in 1950, US did not till Civil Rights Act in 1964. With all the challenges, religious, linguistic, economic diversity... How India has any electoral democracy at all is mind-boggling and makes no sense. It has a long way to go, but less. let's not lose perspective. Prakash, I completely agree with you. And in fact, I said that last time that we had given universal suffrage before the US, who gave it just a few decades ago. But that still doesn't take away from the fact that culturally, it is a struggle for us. And I know it's a miracle that Indian democracy was written off till as late as the 70s. I think most... Uh, U.S. historians had said this decade is the last one for India. It will not survive. It will not survive. And we have survived in 2018. A few calls of Azadi notwithstanding. But the point that, that commentator was making, I think is true. And America is unique in that. And not just uh, India, but even you know Europe does not have that clean start where he said, let's start a country with the freedom to speak your mind is supreme. I think... It still embodies liberal ideas better than any Asian or European country. So, But I get what you're saying. You're right as well. I, I well, Thank you for that. Now, i just like to come to the clashes in Kashmir. For context, there was unrest again in Srinagar. And there was a CRPF. It was a CRPF jeep, right? Yeah. A gypsy that ran over a protester. And there were photographs and videos and images. Some saying... That, you know, he could have prevented, uh, he didn't have to run over. Some saying when you're being attacked like that, you have to run over. Kashmir has become a bit like Israel, I think, in the sense that I don't know who to believe. I don't know what the fuck's happening there. Like, you know, Argentina refused to play recently and Palestine has thanked them. I see videos all the time of Palestinian kids being bashed up by Israeli soldiers. Now, I don't know if it's true. I haven't seen it on the credible news organization now. If CNN is not airing that and that's true, that's a disgrace but i don't know because i don't believe whatsapp shit like you know a lot of people do similarly in kashmir i know for a fact that there are mobs that have taken apart a vehicle that was equipped to handle bullets but a mob ripped it apart and the guy who drowned and they threw it in the this was i think 2 years ago and the driver in that military vehicle drowned hmm. um and you know they they ripped the the doors up out and I mean, it's a 400 500 so i don't equate the pellet use there and here. A lot of people say, when there is mob, why pellet guns you to fire not So, in this case, I just you know want to start... Manisha, why don't you start on this one?
2: So, uh, I think there were two good reports on this. One on our website by Nidhi Suresh and another in scroll. Hmm. And from the videos, it's pretty clear what happened. I don't think... Uh, like every Friday, there was protest stone pelting at downtown Srinagar, outside Jamia Masjid. Uh, it was relatively intermittent stone pelting for two hours, and then this jeep had to go. There was traffic on the one side, and it had to go, uh, so it decided to take the route where these stone pelters were. The moment the uh, gypsy approached these guys, they pounced at it. They were like literally, you know, one they guy had a cycle, apart. you know, bashing mm. the thing with the cycle, and this gypsy just had to negotiate its way out, and... Seems from what I have read that this guy got stuck under the jeep. Came down or whatever. It mm. wasn't... Uh, I know a lot of people have used this headline that mows down. I think that's problematic because then you're kind of imputing that he... Mowing down is something other Which than... Which
1: is what that truck had done. That video is yeah. clear. He feared yeah. That yeah. happened a week or two ago. Yeah.
2: This really seemed like he just had to negotiate his way through this really violent crowd. Now you must also... And in Scroll's piece, the reporters also said that the crowd... One of, she could hear some of the men saying... They were upset that they couldn't pull the driver out. And you must remember, exactly a year ago, uh, policeman Ayub Pandit was lynched to death
1: yeah.
2: around this area. His eyes were gouged out. I mean, it was a very brutal, gruesome lynching. This is the kind of fear that op- officers are also operating under. And mob fury is very scary. Even if you have a gun or whatever, if you have like 50 people approaching you with you know bats and cycle and eat and pathar. You sh- you're scared and you want to move. So I mm. really think this was a situation where the driver was trying to negotiate his way through this crowd which was really looking to get those guys out of the jeep. Good and was mm-hmm. supremely angry. So Nidhi
1: spoke with people who were there on the ground?
2: Nidhi was present there. So her piece uh, is, is an eyewitness turn. account of what happens and it really seems from her piece and from the scroll piece that this wasn't it wasn't a calculated thing. thought, Let's just mow down some kids today. It was really a case of them trying to negotiate through a horrible crowd. Now, that's what happened, I think, here.
1: And how, it's how difficult is it? You have a bureau, full-fledged bureau in Kashmir. Yes. How how difficult is it reporting from there? What do you get? Nazir, right? Nazir Masoodi
0: and Zafar Iqbal. And mm. Nazir Masoodi is somebody, I think, who is, uh, you know, I, I, in fact, locals and both sides really said that even the Katwa rape case, that he was the one who was doing it right from the beginning and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember that. Following
1: yeah. that story from right the, yeah. from yeah. January before yeah. anything. So, yeah.
0: it's incredible. No, but, you know, it, NDTV's reports also I was anchoring that evening I remember so and the report story came in evening I think post six o'clock the story came in so even our report was exactly the same that uh, and I think Nazir I remember his uh, report from there it's talked about the kind of futility of it you know yeah the fact that you know who do you blame in this case the in a way because he the sad part is that he went and dropped his co commanding officer and he took the wrong way he wasn't supposed to be in that area in that time and and the fact that and you see locals again ascribing the you know years long treatment that they faced at the hands of security forces mm. is that really an acceptable validation or acceptable excuse for you know, how how they surround yeah, but people. but I don't think horses. it's an
1: excuse. I, don't I did I a They're just not thinking. Yeah, yeah mm. I did a on this and this is where where, I worry, where actually propaganda is successful. In, uh, Kashmir is a very interesting example of that. I spoke with a few 20, in their early 20s, activists and uh, journalists. They're smart kids. I, I, I don't mean kids patronizing, but they are in their 20s. What I'm trying to say is that they actually said that the kashmiri pandit exodus didn't happen actually who said that the activist i spoke with and she questioned the whole rationale that this exodus happened now it's not like she's evil or doesn't have a moral compass i spoke to this in my podcast i do know how i'm with names Hmm. but so but that is all that he and she there was a, a guy as well have heard since they were born That's all they have seen, whether it's in the local press, whether it's around them. So they believe that. You know, it's just like every Israeli believes that, you know, they are the victims in the Palestine conflict. You're fucking not. But you can't undo 25 years of brainwashing and you have an entire generation of that. And I mean, which is why you shouldn't watch channels like Times and Republic. And of course, they did a Ulta thing. Now, they said the real Kashmiri speaks. They had someone on the phone was taking, you know, after this child died. There was a local Kashmiri saying that all these Huriyat people put our children's dead bodies there and earn support. And they went on that this is a real Kashmiri. I said this guy is going to deny he said this after this because now what you've done is you have claimed as one of your own hmm. and he doesn't only one of your own. He's dead. He he may have a problem with Huriyat. but his own times zone public says dek ye dekho ye karna mein ka tumne to iski waat laga di. That's why these channels are so they they don't even know how to do their own fucking jobs. Yeah, they are the worst of the worst. Anyway, so. I just think that's what's happened in Kashmir. Madhu, your view, you've covered Kashmir from the 90s and 80s. It's, um, I don't see how anyone can solve it. It's like, it's like Gaza.
3: I think the only way it can be solved, if at all, and that is also quite far-fetched, is what China did to Tibet. If you really want to do it, you should allow the rest of the country, from people from other states to go in, uh, start businesses, create jobs, intermarry. That's what they did in Tibet. Today, there's mm. hardly a pure Tibetan. Mm. You Anand? can't do that Why I mean, not I Technically I mean, can it's Why not I think that's the Why only Why well, r- is the will that the Tibetan that you're in you're, India No no If you're really I mean, If Kashmir is really A part of India Then there should be no laws That's the
1: only way to assimilate it
3: That prevent
4: That these laws Are what prevents it From being assimilated Anand hey, I, I agree with that A generation has grown Grown on that kind of propaganda And it uh, includes uh, Educated once now, this uh, uh, kind of Twitter celebrity, this IA stopper Shah Hessel. Now, Who? Ki- Shah Fashel is an Indian okay. Administrative Service official hmm. in Kashmir. He topped to UPSC, I think, th- four or five years back. No, not m- much earlier, seven, eight years back. So the kind of tweets. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he uh, what? Uh, if you look at his tweets, uh, they are very pro Hurriyet. These these are the real voices you should be talking to. This now, you are a bureaucrat for. Uh, isn't that uh, in contravention uh, of government? And uh, you were saying making political statements, but people will tolerate it because he is the. Poster boy of new Kashmir and this educated Kashmir. And uh, uh, so uh, I, I agree with you that uh, the uh, whole generation has grown up on this propaganda and they are perpetuating these lies. Yeah. Hmm. What do you think, uh, Sunetra,
1: on, on Kashmir's coverage? Of course, you've discussed, but do you see any solution? I mean, you've also seen its coverage for long enough now.
0: No, I I just think that, you know, you, you're know, you expecting sense from a couple of channels who just want to entertain and who just are sure. catering to the... Um, Lowest common denominator. Exactly. And, and for them, I think this bashing works, so they do that. I don't know how much it kind of impacts. The scary thing is, of course, the new study. Did you all see that study, which is being like Hindu and other people they're talking about that how much it impacts that a lot of the, the new recruits hmm. are not because of ideologies it's what they pick up from social media and things like yeah. that so the scary part is thinking that a lot of people would be so influenced by the kind of hatred that the channels yeah, propagate true. that they get influenced by that and that kind of because imagine thinking that and you know I, I see that I see that I see my colleagues you know, because we have colleagues are, and friends who are from there. And they they kind of equate all mainstream media with what these couple of channels are doing, which is simply not true. I mean, you, even both of you who know exactly what's happening, when you're looking at the TV coverage, you didn't know that Nasir had given a very balanced... You, you cited only alternative sources like s- Scroll. Mm. You know? And there are, like, really sound voices, but because they're not screaming that they're Didn't completely drowned out. And that's what the thing is. But also it's, it's interesting because I think one only needs to read people like A.S. Dulat and all, you know, his Kashmir book, which just ma- painted such a different, I mean, it's revelatory. And I just wish that people just would read that to talk about how things work in Kashmir because he, he talks about the fact in that Kashmir book, he talks about the fact that how all of them, all of these people who they are saying are the ones who are bashing Kashmir the most, are the ones who are engaging with Huriyat and the others, most and the separatists most you know so that kind of engagement that it is possible that it was being done by a BJP government
1: yeah but is, I think that the political messaging was different than the political course, whole so yeah. it was a, it was always a political decision by the leadership And I think
2: if any government could have if we could have expected any government to if not come to a solution to Kashmir but at least contain things it would have been PDP and BJP PDP separatist heart with Kashmir no for them, a marriage of these two governments yeah, b- should have led to at least uh, a sort of a peace process, a starting C- of... You call know?
1: me a, a, a but cynic, but... I, sorry, go ahead. No, no. The BJP has... We were shooting in Kashmir till two years ago. I was shooting a travel show in 2014. Once this government has come in, they have fucked Kashmir so badly. The situation, it has... It's the first time you've used bad language. Sorry, Madhu. Okay. Since the nineties, this is the first time an automatic weapon was displayed publicly in Kashmir, Lal Square, whatever that's called. It has not happened till since Charare Sharif and Must Guland and Newstrack days. So, and I'll tell you why that is, because this government is led by people like the Tripura Chief Minister who believes when you know cows fart you get oxygen, whatever the fuck he sorry, whatever he believes yeah. for. It is all Sanghi. Blood, that is determining policy. There is no way in hell they can solve an issue that is that is a religious issue. Kashmir is a religious issue. It's a Hindu it was a Muslim issue. Let's be clear about that. And you can't expect a hardcore Hindutva government to solve that problem. It will definitely get worse.
3: Um, I got a different uh, take from Dulat's book, in fact. Mm-hmm. To me, what Dulat's book showed that the Indian government as well as the Pakistani government are pouring their money... To everybody. They're giving it to everyone, whether it's Hurriyat or to separatists or to liberals. They, they're giving it to everybody. And Pakistan is also doing the same, which, uh, sh- which is visible in their wealth with all these hmm. in yeah. their political parties. Well you can off. see where they lived before and how they're living now, how they used right. to function yeah, before yeah, yeah. I've and how what, they're functioning yeah. now. So I think what it exposed inadvertently was how badly India is messing up because if you believe that by just giving them money, even the separatists, they're giving them money, is going to bring you towards, bring them towards a more um, uh, favourable to India, I think is the biggest mistake because you're giving the separatists money, or, which go, will go to the militants and terrorists. So. Uh, it shows a complete failure no, of the Indian policy.
0: No, no. But the thing is that there was this money, giving money thing. That's what Indi- intelligence agencies do, no? That's what they did in Sri Lanka. That's what they did in Bangladesh as
3: well. But it should be done With, intelligently, no? Yeah,
0: but that is not specific of Kashmir. Just cutting. throwing money around. I mean, that's what RAW does everywhere. Whether it's, you know, whether it's uh, kind of making the LTT, working, building no, no, up so the LTT I'm raising there. the
3: question that when money is spent for by RAW, IB... It should be in a, spent in a way that the person who's receiving it, you get the end result of what you need. You don't just throw it and let them, you know, enjoy it. You're giving them. There should be a purpose to, to your giving money. If you're giving them money, you want them to become more positive towards India, but they don't. So then, why are you pouring money in?
1: Because when the it's counterproductive. It's
3: counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, and I'm amazed at how much he exposed. Uh, as an ex-IBRO officer, yeah. it is unacceptable.
1: Hmm. The ISI guy gone to shit, right, after this book? Durrani.
0: Yeah. No, this is this is uh, Dulat's first book.
1: Oh, the one he wrote jointly? The guy's yeah. gone to yeah. shit. Yeah. Okay, now this last mail I'm going to read. Actually, there are two mails, but the mail by Harish Beria is actually 730 words and he's talking about America's sanctions and Iran, you know, Anand, your critique. So he has a lot about that and what makes Reliance profitable while it makes other you know, oil companies make losses. So he's kind of tried to explain that. So we will be publishing it. Uh, He's also spoken about how VAT impacts fuel costs and all that. So uh, you can read um, uh, Harsh Beria's uh, mail on our website. It's very long. Thanks, Harsh, uh, for that explainer. Hope it helps some of us. It did help me. This is from Rajiv Nair. Dear Hafta team, I'm a subscriber and I support NL's brave effort at trying to be free media. More, more power to you. I'm responding to the discussion a couple of weeks ago, where there was a reference to Kichdi Sarkar comment as the panel was discussing the Karnataka election result. Anand spoke about how the coalition governments in the past that collapsed under their own contradictions. My submission is that the statement coalition governments are so bad that they are not even an option is gaining a sort of universal acceptance and currency, which is dangerous for democracy. Democracies tend to evolve in a multi-religious, multi-community, multi-caste and multi-class society like ours. Coalitions may not be the most effective form of government. But they may be the most just. We will have to learn to make coalitions work, because they are truly representative of multiple points of view. The alternative of absolute majority with its so-called promise of efficiencies, in good roads and GDP growth, always need a larger-than-life pipe piper like Mrs Gandhi or Narendra Modi to make people get over their legitimate differences and vote en masse for a pipe dream. And I believe we will learn to make coalitions work as a country as we learn to embrace democratic values and stop looking up to my Baab Sarkar, who will take care of everything. I can't agree with you more, Rajiv. And the data also suggests, by the way, that growth rates in coalitions are higher. Uh, I think India Spend or someone had done an article on this, taking the Indian numbers, macro indicators, were better under the much maligned Gujral and Goda years than they were under the Rajiv and Modi years. Now, finally, I'd just like to discuss... Kashmir uh, sorry uh, Shimla and uh, okay everyone can just give me one quick comment uh, Anand uh, Madhu Allahabad University they don't want to vacate the hospital hostels for the uh, for the summer break and they went around burning cars and pipes keep, like what the fuck like how should these students be dealt with and how come they aren't anti-national I'm just wondering had uh, some JNU students done this would JNU be shut down today
3: I would like to know the reason of why they don't want to vacate.
1: <laughs> kyun But it's a fact. I mean, it's really sad. I even when even I was in DU.
0: By the way, JNU kept open during the summer. Oh, they are. Yes,
4: I think so.
1: No, I'm sure they are because you know, many of the guys where they come from, they'd rather stay here than go back to their homes. So, and you know, no one has anything to say on this. You no,
4: know, I have to say. Okay. The university culture is a bit different. Yeah. Uh, mm, there are students who are preparing for competitive examination or doing research who uh, have nothing to do with any vacation so they will live there throughout the year Uh, but there are also students particularly in smaller uh, cities like Allahabad, Patna, Kanpur, Lucknow so uh, there is a whole uh, what you can say even in Delhi University uh, they. Leave till they have four or five children. Yes, know, the so, Jubilee uh, house so, and all these. Yes, yeah. yes. So uh, it was, uh and there uh, was uh, a fight at BHU. Uh, in BHU, there is a pharmacy shop, and there is an interesting story that. Uh, there was a fight over the price of some medicine. So, the student uh, who were arguing with the shopkeeper said that, uh, The so shopkeeper said Ki, bhai, hum bhi hai, khol rakha. <laughs> So, he was so assured of his uh, stay in the college hostel that he set up a shop there wow so uh, so uh, uh it is it is a, uh, also means uh, the kind of politics that goes into hostel allocation the kind of student politics that breeds uh, but not just that uh, i think it's more list. it's
1: it's just a right that once i'm here you're not going to throw me out and yeah. that kind of permeates there are itself. rules
4: also there are rules also you uh, many I, I in this particular case what were the details i don't know but uh, as a practice it is quite common yes. Okay, I want to quickly wind up but after discussing the following two things uh,
3: I want to talk about the amendment to the uh, Advertising Act which uh, has been extended to WhatsApp uh, messages and SMS, Instagram okay, and everything fine. so that uh, it includes the fact that if you send any messages uh, which denigrate women in any way or can be deemed as obscene mm. you can be Uh, Prosecuted against Well
1: they should Get into some All boys whatsapp groups And You'll have The the jails will be full Anyway um, Tell Apparently For links to Naxalism The Bhima Korigao Clashes of January 1 The police The Punjab police And I am quoting the Hindu Arrested five activists In Delhi, Mumbai And Nagpur Um,
0: Pune police
1: Pune police Yes
0: Punjab police I said
1: Punjab Dear god Punjab's on my mind So a day after the Elgar Parishad Organized a, commem- a Commemorate The bicentenary Celebration Of Bhima Koregao Battle Now As predicted The channels That we love to curse Have immediately Said that these guys Are Maoist sympathizers They have an links. So no one has any Fucking evidence Again but, Fifth time Sorry They are just payloading it Um you know Manisha or Sunetra, If you guys have followed the story What what came of that big guy with that white walrus moustache Sambhaji Vijay Sambha Where is he these days He was giving very uh, candid interviews about this. I have no regrets They can do what they want to me The violence will continue He's very
2: close to the establishment So nothing's, I don't think anything going to happen with him There was an arrest warrant I think But then nothing happened I don't know if there was an arrest warrant but, but he, he was, was questioned. Like, no, no he was Implicated in this For uh, so instigating as well. the mob The police yeah. did I don't know He wasn't arrested though
1: Okay, He wasn't arrested so, yeah So um, The way Naxalism Being thrown around Even by uh, I don't know If should call it filmmaker Like the Vivek Agnihotri I hate to give him So much attention On our show But He <laughs> recently has Written his book On Urban Naxal And people are Connecting that to this smriti
2: Rani came for the book launch by see, the way see so. well read
1: people like smriti Rani and all, you know these kind of <laughs> she <laughs> books she also
2: are. said when it excels two three things how they have this
0: that and whatever
1: I'm, I'll read it just out of curiosity no the UAPA
0: of. is like you know there was this really amazing um, a thing that uh, the activists had put out this beautiful illustration by cartoons of the, how the UAPA is completely draconian, and I've just followed Kobad Gandhi's story hmm. Right the, the original Urban Maoist Dune hmm. school Like Who was the big catch For the So 2009 The arrest happened And on the basis of Because of, Because he's been Acquitted by three courts Three courts
1: But Now they, what's happened They didn't let him go Because they slapped him With some right. other charges Now
0: this, uh, Why it's ironic Is because The person who put me In touch with Kobad Gandhi Has been arrested Yesterday Rona Wilson and uh, these are all activists, and he is part of the group. He actually works for the some committee of political prisoners. Now, hmm. I don't know what the police has. Uh, the face of it, they're saying that these people were, uh, they were uh, distributing pamphlets. Now, Supreme Court, Supreme Court has said two things, which obviously none of the police people are willing to read or implement. Supreme Court has said, one, if you, if you are distributing pamphlets or anything like that, it doesn't matter. You have to show that somebody was a member of Mao, you know, CPI Maoist now, after it's been banned. Not sympathize, not think, whatever, but the police uses all these laws just in the most vaguest way. And what they do is, because UAPA allows people to be taken in without having showing the charge sheet for a long time, without giving them bail, they arrest you on flimsy charges and then they keep going across the country and making false cases against you. For example, there are one of the cases against Kobad Gandhi, who is 80 years old, is that somebody had a dream, somebody said that they saw him in some place giving a speech which inspired them to commit violence. And that is the case yesterday as well, that they apparently organized a speech, that these five people have organized a speech which incites, so they're not in, in, you know, creating a bomb blast. They organized a speech which then incited people to violence. So, imagine the secondary or the third degree of the crime. So, then by
1: that logic, toh, half the uh, news anchors should be in prison, yeah.
0: So, this is what we're talking about in UAPA, and this, this is the United about.
1: Activities Prevention Act.
0: So, if somebody really wants, because there are emails, because of my book I've exchanged with Rola Wilson. they can say, I'm a Maoist sympathizer.
1: Right. And and that, which is, which yeah. is worrying. And, and the, which is why I think uh, that piece by Pratap Banu Mehta that. Um, Indian uh, or was it by Cyril that uh, Indian media is undermining undermining democracy, you know, more than any other institution, because they are supposed to take up such issues and large chunks of them. I'm saying all are egging such stuff on. I think that's that's really worrying. And uh, this being a case in point, why that 66A was struck down? Yes, but people still get arrested on 66. I don't understand. you read the paper? For 66,
3: How are people being and, this, and this amendment, I think, is stretching, uh, is giving them more power to walk into anyone's house and yeah. take their phone and arrest them for obscenity or denigration of women. And th- those, again, are two subjects which are
1: subjective. This is the WhatsApp uh, law.
3: WhatsApp, Instagram, SMS, which is actually t- doing more than what sex- Section 66A did, which has now been removed.
1: Right.
2: This re- really reminds me of this movie, The Court, hmm. where, uh, you've seen the it? The Marathi one? Yeah.
1: When have you seen it? News Laundry <laughs> has a credit at the end of it.
2: Why? What did we do for it?
1: We I'm allowed them f- to use Madhu's show.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah.
1: We are a part of an award-winning film, nomination
2: Where this singer is basically yeah. sings yeah, protest yeah. songs That's and right. some of the lines are like, you know, you'd rather die Very than uh, true clean manholes. Mm. And there's a Dalit guy who commits suicide and then he's arrested for Prompting him yeah. to suicide, A and he's just like, Yeah, I must have sung songs, but I haven't sung that day. It's just so dark that.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Anand,
4: you want to weigh in on this? No. So, to the court, I will see the court what uh, intelligence police worked on. Hmm. So, it will be settled in court.
1: Right, it will be settled in court. But, yeah, like they say in India, what is it? The process is. Pitari, pitari, ah. Anyway.
2: No, but it is very scary because some of these guys are from Kabir Kala Manch. I mean to be left cleaning or to even sympathize with Maoist in the
0: sense even you be an extreme sympathizer people. no but no and, and the thing is how you, do you say court I'm sorry but I've seen in particular cases he's been acquitted by three courts now you can Kobad if, if, Gandhi but yeah. they, they
1: put another case on him and keep him uh, in no
0: and then they, there is look at the case of that young journalist who has just been who have finally came out after four years so Marunag, no? no those are but that. no this is a Bombay journalist English speaking journalist who now writes for Scroll as well his name. he wrote that book Colors of My Cage About his time in jail hmm. For what? Where because he was A social worker They arrested him For Maoist links And he talks about The day he's Stepping out of prison As At the at the gate of prison They re-arrest Which is a common thing Which is done with So called Maoist, Maoist
1: sympathizers, sympathizers. Hmm. Anything it's more On dark. the WhatsApp Okay so I just want to Close with this Discussion of similar no, water I, the crisis The one thing
3: that You know There has been no Reaction or um, Response from uh, much of the media on this Is just reported it as is It looks like a press release Given by PIB And then when somebody gets arrested Such as a Maoist sympathizer Or a journalist Or anyone Gets arrested on this basis hmm. Then people will wake up
1: Yeah But when the laws passed everyone Everyone's asleep, asleep. Yeah because
3: Which is what happened with section 66A Nobody re- objected to it When it was passed Arun Ferreira is his name
1: The Arun journalist
0: Ferreira. The young activist from Mumbai Who, was who spent Yeah
1: Okay Maybe you should have a link to a story below as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now um, I just want to end with this whole water crisis in Shimla, which is every year is a story. I have I remember this being a story even when I was like 20 years ago. It's like the floods of Mumbai. It's like the floods of Mumbai or the floods of the Kosi River. Uh, Kosi River Bihar. Every year it is. So it says planned by the British for a maximum population of 16,000. Shimla now has a population of nearly 2 lakh. It requires 42 million liters per day. There is new Simla also. There's new Simla also. Like, yes. Like they new have. Rajendranagar and new French yes, colony. Yes, yes. So, um, one is that, you know, I saw that you can't stop tourists from coming. Tourists are coming and hotels will continue to use water, whereas locals are getting water like once in 10 days. That's thrice a month. And they showed, uh, NDTV's report showed how they're washing their face with just one like bucket of water. Everyone's using that to clean up. It's, it's quite horrendous actually.
2: And drinking water and. Like water to cook.
1: You have to either buy, or then you just have to be, you know, very careful about it. So one of the statistics that was there, and I wasn't uh, sure. uh, I don't remember the exact number, but I remember. I think forty-two million liters, out of which half is goes in wastage in pipes because the pipes are old.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was given by the civic authorities. that
1: number, I remember um, back in my days as an activist. That was a ridiculous number that Delhi government at that time, Sheila Diksha had given, for why water in Delhi runs dry. And of course there was a water mafia, there was a tanker mafia. Because if that much of water was being leaked every day by Delhi pipes, the Delhi groundwater should have been rising rapidly or there should have been floods <laughs> in Delhi. If you just do the math. That she's saying actually all the water comes from what a bhavana plant, this plant, but it gets leaked because our pipes are so old and I'm only giving uh, you know, the pride the water privatization that We'll replace the pipe, Sevo. But when, you know, the actors did the math, they said if this much water is being leaked every day and it's not being, you know, siphoned off by water mafia, then there should be floods in Delhi. So, uh, uh, that, that like, 21 million litres of water goes in leakage and similar? I mean, I find that hard to believe.
0: I think um but it, it would have been difficult for the reporter if they'd been given by civic authorities right. to also do like check a crash yeah. check that because i think but I think the my colleague in Shimla she did a couple of really good stories, mm. one was how you know the police i mean I, I know you say that that's a that's an evergreen story, but it's particularly bad this time, I think because that you know it's completely dry ten days once 10 days. and she showed which expresses followed up today as well, how police are out there. Because riots are
1: almost They're like. guarding people who yeah, have yeah, keys yeah. to the tankers yeah, as that's well. That's right. Also, for the first time, there's no water to the colony where the judges live. Because otherwise, you don't that's mess right. with the judges. High
0: court judges have High no water. High court judges
1: there. have no water. So, And they had passed a law that there will be no VIP <laughs> treatment. They were saying, Yari Q passed kiya Good. How <laughs> many But, um, so. Th- water being the next oil didn't happen data has become the next oil before water became the next oil um any views on this entire water thing anand
4: no the only thing is that it has to be solved or what
1: <laughs> <laughs> i will say no this view. <laughs> on this jail I was way ahead of a time i remember when everyone is still debating water harvesting although if you're listening to it water some that's very close to my heart i had made my second documentary film was on water uh, and it's important so it was in the early 2000s um the Center for Science and Environment actually sends engineers free of cost and they'll s- design your water harvesting structures really yeah. that's a good point to know. back then, I think before any other you would not get and this and you could not bypass this by corruption i don't know if it's helped anyway anyway even if it was a single store house floor house you were making, unless you had a water harvesting structure that would recharge groundwater, your map would not get passed. It was a law. You had to have a water harvesting structure designed in your building. Mm. And um, she had done that back then.
0: I'm sure MC engineers will find a way through that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure they will. Just on these hill stations being destroyed, I really
2: think there should be a dictatorial law. Like you cannot, the way Shimla has expanded, it's so not sustainable. And I was, my dad was posted there when I was in fourth and third and fourth standards. So I've been there. And now when you go there, it's destroyed. Same thing with Machhlorgan. These places, hill stations, are not meant for the sort of populations they have begun to cater to because Masoori of tourism. Is a mess. Just stop people from coming there.
1: Dude, just stop
2: it. How can you do She's a pahadi girl.
1: I'm a hill Delhi, <laughs> I, I grew up somewhere. in. It was beautiful. The yeah, hills you are different. Hills are not meant for so many sorry, people. Sorry, sorry. But you came and messed hill up. Sorry, sorry. And messed hill
4: stations
2: up. have a de- delicate ecology. Even you have to we, like, recognize that Delhi so does not have any ecology. East of Kalash
1: is a hill. That Bala Hindurao is a hill, that ridge is a hill. Yeah,
2: hill or mountain, it
1: All these hills are you. Himalayas are not supposed to
2: same. And, and even Bali you like, hills.
1: You have plastic Bombay, hills in Delhi. Rice in our hills. No, but hills <laughs> are
2: not meant. <laughs> Good one. Which hill
1: station are we going to? I'm going to Rice in our hills.
2: It's not meant to cater to the kind of people okay, that it's so catering to now.
1: That I completely disagree. You cannot prohibit anyone from coming anywhere. No, there should be country. like a.
2: X number you of people down does people It's, more the does the people.
3: It. it's,
4: it's really more Restriction on settlements Yeah that's what. It's, I mean, a, it's more the construction go,
3: yeah. It's the construction And The and hotels, not planned. hotels The it, being... They are unplanned There's unplanned growth What it requires is Because there's plenty of land In these areas But it's all concentrated In, in uh, people clou- crowding Into one specific area And that's what's creating The Problems of congestion and shortage of everything. So basically, it's unplanned. You go to any small city where we had the opportunity to to develop beautiful smaller towns. Instead, they have become chaotic and and dirty and disorganized. And that is our failure. It's really a lack of urban planning, a lack of hill station planning, lack of any planning architecturally. That's what it is. At this
4: rate, they would cease to be tourist attractions as well. Hmm. Yeah
2: hmm. They are. they have already seized Like who goes to Shimla To like Everyone
1: That's the problem <laughs> yeah, yeah make up your mind <laughs> Abhi, tham, Who you know, want, no, want
2: to go Like
1: who on. Okay so Please let's have The recommendations uh, Should we start with you Madhu What are your recommendations For the week Yeah
3: uh, Interesting piece I read in Politico magazine It's called How a hacker proved Cops used A secret government Phone tracker To find him Hacker proof He proved that The cops were using A a forbidden tracker is something called Stingray, hmm. and uh, a, a person can stand outside your house or anywhere and listen into your phones and oh. your messages and everything. Right, right. I've heard of it's this. It's actually a banned thing, but the cops in America are using it, and they tracked him down because he was doing—he uh, was hacking into uh, people's accounts and stealing money, and he had planned to stop after he made a million dollars. He was found uh, arrested when he had made $500,000. So while he was in jail, the interesting part of the article is that while he was in jail, he... Uh, he fired two attorneys who were pre- uh, uh, representing him because he said they were useless. Then he asked permission to represent himself. And when he did, then he gained access to l- the l- legal library in the prison, which otherwise you wouldn't have access to it because he was representing himself. He had access to that. And then he would phone in, Go, he was, didn't have access to the internet, so he'd phone his uh, a friend to Google search certain things who would then physically mail him all the stuff. So it's an incredible story on how he understands covered how the f-
1: cops used illegal means to track him down and that's a mistrial then I guess a wrongful arrest so Nitra, what is your recommendation
0: okay so uh, I'm really really raving about this uh, new series that I've seen called Atlanta I don't know if anyone's watched it. that it's uh, it's actually it sounds like it should be for really young people because it's about the rap scene in Atlanta in uh, Atlanta but what's really interesting is that it's it's um, It's an interesting portrayal of black community, uh, even though it's about the hip hop culture. But the real uh, rap, uh, you know, this one of the main characters, the rapper in it is actually totally, he is not the usual hypersexual black rap Mm -hmm. artist. So it's an interesting take. So I think that uh, it's on HBO. So I think there are two seasons to it. It's a great watch.
4: All right. Anand? Okay, uh, I would. am recommending an interesting book. Uh, it's a popular book also, but why, uh, different people are not talking about it for different regions. It is uh, Nicholas Taleb's Skin in the Game. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so, I really want to read that so, book. So, uh,
4: he has uh, uh, given an interesting account, an insightful account of why everyday observations and uh, assessment of risks involved is important before you you articulate your views so he has come down heavily on academics uh, activists journalists is for nikolas taleb so uh, on uh, for saying things without having any, any stake in it so that they ha- don't have to face any consequences of it but they have very uh, say um, pompous views about things and this so Uh, And he has come up with this interesting phrase, intellectual but idiot. Mm. So intellectual idiot. Mm. So uh, and um, uh, about media, he says that the opposite of uh, reading is not not reading. The opposite of reading is uh, reading New Yorker. Uh, I haven't read the book. That's really pretentious. I haven't.
1: I, have, I
3: am even above the New Yorker.
1: No, I haven't <laughs> read the book, but this Nicholas Taleb, I've been observing him since 2008, because he had called the crash.
3: He came to the India Today Conclave.
1: So, oh, he first. did? So he, I mean, that's his claim to fame. He called Lehman, I'm mean, not Lehman, but he called the crash before it happened, while others. And I find his um, evolution, or rather decay, very interesting along the lines of, you know, how social media, like many people, have started playing up to social media so they've become complete idiots because they're playing to the gallery because, you know, if you don't have friends in real life, you kind of take to social media to f- find... It's fa- It's a fact. People are doing that the world over. They're looking at social media for validation. They go, maybe cool, maybe Madonna. But now, the guy who had actually recommended this book, he sent me an excerpt. And I found it so ironic. And I'll tell you why I found the book ironic. There was double irony here. You read it? The book. He's, no, I read the excerpt this guy sent me because he's a hardcore Modi supporter and we keep fighting on WhatsApp. He runs a hedge fund in New York. So our argument veered into markets. He says the markets are doing so well under Modias and markets don't mean check shit. Markets are really well under Musharraf in Lahore. And I've written a long piece on markets being an idiot's playground. Back on ndtv.com I'd written. That you know it's it's uh, it's an idiot's playground. And I said it's very ironic. You bloody NRI living in New York for the last twenty years, running a hedge fund are saying Modi Modi and sending me an article on you have no skin in the game in the markets so don't lecture me in markets but you are fucking going to lecture me in what government should be ruled by me that's one bit of irony the second bit is the reason Nicholas Talib's argument works against himself is that if you're a market uh, you know uh, if you make profit of the market you have no incentive to call it out which is why everyone made fun of him when he was calling the market out in the late 2000s and every analyst was shutting him up because they're profiting of it. You're not a disinterested party, so why will you have an objective so view that's of the market? A different,
4: uh, it's an in, uh, insightful book besides that. Huh, sorry, people I have read, so read it. People should read it. It's a, a very it. insightful book. Second, uh, we started with Ramayan Illiteracy. Mm. So I am recommending something on it. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> what a giant. <laughs> Ramayan Illiteracy. <laughs> Ramayan. So, uh, mm, uh, and uh, coming... Uh, Close on the heels of that, Audrey Trask's uh, uh, unscholarly translation of it. Hmm. So, uh, economist and Sanskrit scholar Vivek Debroy has uh, um, three volumes translation mm, of yeah. Ramayana uh, uh, published by Penguin Random House. So, people uh, who don't have grasp of Sanskrit. They should read it. He has translated it, it very diligently means okay. with uh, commanding a scholarship, which requires hard work. So uh, I think uh, pe- people interested in it should read all the, those three volumes. Okay. Hmm. So
2: I will suggest um, this is something we haven't discussed on Hafta but we could have actually. There's been a really there was last week uh, or the week before that a very gruesome murder of 20 uh, something Dalit boy Kevin by uh, the parents of the girl that he had eloped Kerala. with. Yeah, in Kerala, the parents are the father's Christian, the mother's Muslim. And this girl eloped with this Dalit boy and they abducted him and murdered him. So Dhanya of News Minute has done a really lovely interview with the wife, with the girl, of, you know, what she's gone through and now why she wants to fight back. So read that. Again, a really tragic story because the parents have an interfaith marriage, Muslim and Christian marriage. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: But again, the boy is Dalit, so I mean, there's no escaping caste even if you're...
1: My recommendation are uh, two. One is um, Shroeb Danyal's Peace and Scroll, which kind of answered my question that, why is politics in Bengal so violent, but it didn't completely answer it because it explains the history of political violence, but it doesn't kind of explain why in 2018 it still has a kind of social... Oh, I won't say sanction, but there's a norma- normality to it where mm. other you know, states have moved on, but it's, an, it's a lovely place. And the second is that the, the closing monologue of Bilma. Uh, this week was about earlier people who would, you know, peddle fake news, are called liar. Now you're called senator. Uh, and in India, it's earlier if you peddle fake news, you were liar, now it's minister. Uh, I think it is so accurate, the world over. What's interesting is the same thing is happening everywhere in the world. And everyone thinks it's unique to their culture, but it's not. On that note, thank you, Sunetra, for joining and us. And I'll it was put a my list thank of
3: you. book recommendations in the at the bottom of the article, yes, run.
1: in fact, uh, uh, yes, young subscriber, you wanted Madhu's book recommendation list. I'll, I'll tell
3: you, I b- also generally, um, yeah. my favorite book is by Martin Amos, The War Against Cliche, and Zadie Smith's books. I, I love. I'm also reading, uh, Bookie Wook, uh, this time it's personal by Russell Brand, and I'm also reading, he's uh, the
1: comic, right? Yeah,
3: and mm. and uh, more than a comic, he's very political, also. Mm. Um, I'm also reading, uh, the new book by Martin Amos and uh, Fighting to the End the Pakistan Army's Way of War by Christine Fair I highly recommend that uh, she's really given an extremely uh, insightful everything
4: Discord.
3: yeah and then uh, one which a book that I keep in my iPad in the Kindle which I keep going back to which is The Upanishad's Breath of the Eternal by Swami Prabhavananda
1: well that's I think that should keep you an occupied and trained
3: by Patty Smith which is great fun
1: trained it by makes Patty you Smith. see
3: things differently especially when you travel
1: so that that should keep you busy for the next year at least thanks Sunetra thank, thank you, you panel thank you so much for having uh, me. do subscribe to News Laundry and help keep news media free because when the public pays the public is served and address pay address is mm-hmm. served until next week thank you bye bye